This is the Weekly Scramble, a place where we chat about life over a cold one or two. It's time to belly up to the pod with Mike Fratelloni and your host, Chris Reavers. That's right. It's time for the Weekly Scramble, and my name is Chris Reavers. By my side, his name is Mike Fratelloni with Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores. Hello, Michael. How are you doing, Reavers? I'm good, and I have so much stuff to talk about with you today. You did some pre show work. Well, the thing I like and I and I don't know if it's a testament to the style of show that we do now mm-hmm. because you know, when we were on the radio for so many years, we didn't really have as much active listener participation as we do as a podcast. Correct. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, which was well, when we were on the radio for the beer show, it was late at night, so arguably True. people are driving True. and they weren't able to Send us emails. True, at that point. but I do love the the way that uh, I think people people like the format of the show that mm-hmm. we put together, mm-hmm. and and the, and we get a lot of feedback from people from yeah. time to time. So I'm excited to share that with you. But we were just having a conversation with the mayor before he before he left for the day, and I told Joe after we concluded GL today, it barely came up, and of course John and I have different viewpoints on this, and so we just kind of bickered about it after the show. And I, I told Joe, I said, you really need to do some homework on this because, you know, he's a lot smarter than me. But I think what Elon Musk is doing with Twitter right now is so up Joe and Garage Logic's alley because of what Elon is exposing. And I just think whether you uh, like him or don't like him or dis- whatever, the, the topic in general, I think, is just so up. GL's alley. You know, I think a lot of people would disagree with me on this, but when you think of it, if you just get down to the base that the president of the United States was taken off a social media platform and he didn't, and whether you think he incited a riot, didn't think he decided, he never said, go storm that building, kill those people. He didn't say that, right? So there was nuance to what he wrote on, on the tweets on January 6th. But to think that Hezbollah still is up. Uh, you know, terrorist organizations mm-hmm. that talk about destroying Jews are still tweeting every day. Yet the president of the United States, whether you like him or hate him, I don't really even care. It seems so illogical to think that we all just said, yeah, that makes sense. He he said some stuff people disagree with. Pull him off the platform. Yet we have free speech in this country that is hypothetically a spe- free speech factory, mm-hmm. right? That's there. They're not supposed to impede on free speech. And if they do, then they fall into a totally different category, right? right, right. And when you just think of that, like, how did somebody have the audacity to say, let's ban him from Twitter? Doesn't that seem, and I'm, I'm of course, referring, referring to Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. And I, the, the, the part, I guess, that that I just find infuriating is the fact that we basically had, it, it boiled down to we had an office of what two people, mm-hmm. uh, th- this being Twitter now yep. that said, oh, this isn't okay, this is okay. I'm thinking, well, wait a minute here. Uh, don't get me wrong, I, I, I'm a user. I I, I love uh, Twitter. I'm not a big Facebook guy, I, uh, but I do like it. I think it's fun. It, it, it's a cool diversion at times. But to sit here and think, okay, you're gonna let all this other stuff fly but but this wasn't okay i I guess i did the hypocrisy is laughable to me and and, and, you know the guy that was in charge of kind of running the twitter 
Twitter shadow banning, which they say they didn't shadow ban because their definition of shadow ban right. is to take someone all the way off the platform so no one sees their thing. But in reality, they shadow banned people so strong that the only person that could see their tweet is the person who wrote the tweet. Right. Right. So they were saying, oh, no, we weren't we weren't taken away from 100 percent of the people because there was still you. You could see it. Right. And they said, well, that's not shadow banning. But to think that this this kid who who was in charge of this. He wrote, I mean, did you hear what his doctoral thesis was? No. So he went to, I, I, I believe, he was an Ivy Leaguer, I believe. Oh, sure. I'm, I'm making that part up. All right. But his doctoral thesis was about how minors would be able to hook up with other people on uh, sex apps. Oh, and I thought, that's a doctoral thesis. So it goes way back to his college days where someone didn't take a ruler and slap him on the back of the hand and say, no, no, you're not, you're not going this. to write that story about t- uh, teens and, and minors specifically uh, hooking up with adult men. Right. Got it. And I thought, well, maybe that's why no one ever he sounded like a real participation trophy kind of kid. And no one ever said to him, no. You can't ban the president of the United States because you dislike him. Right. It doesn't work That's that way. That's not how it works. Or you can't ban this this Stanford scientist, this physician from Stanford, who came out with this thing during the pandemic. He said, hey, you know, we should keep the older people, we should get them vaccinated as soon as possible, keep them isolated, then the rest of us should go about our business. They totally banned him. And when you get banned from Twitter, you lose all... All reputational standards, because people say, he must be a nutcase, he got banned from Twitter, right? Mm -hmm. And in reality, the guy is just shockingly correct in retrospect of what we probably should have done mathematically. Right. So weird. So weird. All right. So the, the, the main story I wanted to bring up with you, because the first time I mentioned this, you had a fascinating explanation. And you're really smart about this kind of stuff. I, I wish that were true. So I, I, no, you're very you are. nice to me. You're like my mother or my grandmother. Aww. That's very nice. Now are you going to tell me that I have a real good full head of hair, too? Like, <laughs> oh, you're my mom. I sat down with her at, at dinner the other day, and she wasn't drinking. And she said, is your hair growing in thicker? And I said, yes, Mom. At 51 years old, my hair is getting thicker. <laughs> it's back. It's, it's all back. It's all thicker than it's ever been. So uh, there was a story that came out from the Associated Press. And... It was talking to the new FTX CEO. Oh, there's a new one. Okay. And I, that's okay. That was exactly yeah, what yeah. my reaction mm-hmm. was. So, of course, I click on it because I thought, well, wait a minute. Why would there be a new CEO? Mm-hmm. So I click on it. <clears throat> the new CEO of the failed cryptocurrency exchange, FTX, is appearing before a House committee today, detailing for lawmakers the lack of oversight and financial controls that he discovered since taking over the company a month ago. Oh, good. John Ray III called FTX's collapse one of the worst business failures he has ever seen. A, quote, paperless bankruptcy fueled by an unprecedented lack of documentation, end quote. Think of that. Which is exactly what you said Mm -hmm. weeks ago on this show. Uh, Notably absent from the hearing before the House Financial Services Committee is FDX's founder and former CEO, Sam Bankman-Fried. Is it Fried or Fried? Fried. Fried, who was arrested in the Bahamas just hours before he was scheduled to testify. The arrest was made at the request of the U.S. government, which today announced criminal charges against Bankman-Fried, including wire fraud and money laundering. FDX filed for bankruptcy protection on November 11th when the firm ran out of money after the cryptocurrency equivalent of a bank of a bank run. 
The collapse of crypto's second largest exchange has garnered worldwide attention and prompted worries in the crypto industry that the pain could become widespread. Uh, estimates are that FDX customers could wind up losing billions of dollars. More than that. I mean, it's it's all going to be gone. But in reality, what what I'm kind of thinking is happening here is Sam didn't do anything illegal. Bear with me. Okay. He didn't have bank covenants that he had to make. Like a bank, if they loan a dollar out to someone, right, mm-hmm. they have to have another. If they loan $10, they have to have one in reserve, something like that. So if someone, if a group of people go and want to get cash, they have that $1 in reserve. Well, cryptocurrency exchanges don't have any legal right to keep anything in reserve. So if someone gives them a billion dollars, they can spend all of that billion dollars, do anything, fund everything else. Hypothetically, when people want their billion dollars back, they're supposed to give them the money back, but they're not legally bound by any ratio that says you need to keep 50% of the deposits in reserve, like a bank would have. And a bank's not even 50%. It's 1 to 10 or 1 to 100 or whatever it is. Before, it used to be on the gold standard, right? But we're not on that anymore. So there's some leverage ratio. Well, Sam just leveraged it all the way. He just went to an infinite amount of leverage, which was totally legal. There was no, there is no, there is nothing that says you can't do that as a cryptocurrency exchange. Okay, so then what will he ultimately be charged with? Well, he charged money laundering or fraud. I I don't even know if it's fraud. He said, hey, you put your $100 in here. I used your $100 for something else. You wanted it back. At that time, you wanted it back. I didn't have your $100. Congratulations, you're, you're out. Sorry, and it's it's horrible and it's dumb, but it it's I, I don't know how else to express it. They they don't have a covenant with a bank like a bank in the United States would have that says you need to keep reserve currency. You need to keep some reserve just in case people want money out of your bank. They just don't have that. So I don't know what they're gonna actually get him on. So I, I I only bring up this. The main reason I bring up this story is because I have to read you this quote mm. in the in this story uh, again, according to the Associated Press. Remind, know, me, remind me of the new CEO's name. Uh, Ray is his last name. His first name is John Ray the Third. He's got the three, you know, the yeah, ones I, after I, the deal. Oh boy, do I hate that. Okay, so yeah. he's probably a an attorney for bankruptcy attorneys or something. I, but well, I'll, he's I'll the new up. CEO. Yeah, but I think he's probably an gotcha. attorney. In well, all, it's, all. It, I do find it hilarious that they would hire on it a new CEO. Well, it's just to get him through bankruptcy. Okay, gotcha. Oh, it's it's he's a corporate. Um, he, he did something with Enron too, so he closed up Enron. Oh, sure. He's restructuring companies that helps Ooh, manage he's fallout of some of the largest corporate failures in history. He seems good and slimy, doesn't he? he well, I mean, no, it, it's but you got to remember, this is someone else putting him in that place. That's a good point. So it's it's he's maybe the guy who will say, "Let's see what's going on. Hand me the paperwork. How much money do we have?" So you have to listen to this quote because I love it, and I know it's going to get a reaction out of you. Uh, this again, according to Ray, FTX Group's collapse appears to stem. From the absolute concentration of control in the hands of a very small group of grossly inexperienced and unsophisticated individuals who failed to implement virtually any of the systems or controls that are necessary for a company that is entrusted with other people's money or assets, Ray said. It's and it's clear <laughs> to they they use software to conceal the misuse of, of customers' funds and gained access to sensitive data through an unsecured group email. It's shocking. Shocking. This guy, this this Ray, Mr. Ray, 
Um, what well, that that's it's a unique name, but John John J Ray the third John J Ray that doesn't even sound like he was in charge of the the Fruit of the Loom underwear maker when they lost a bunch of money. He oh, did okay. Enron during its bankruptcy. He's done a lot of really big ticket uh, dollar amount well, things. This Bankman character, don't you think ultimately that jail's probably the best place for him? I don't. You defraud don't know. people out of billions of dollars. You're going to end up with your head severed. Did he defraud people out of billions of Mike. dollars? No, what I'm saying is he didn't have any, he didn't, by law, there was no law saying, hey, you need to keep their billions of dollars safe. He didn't have to do that. He just really mismanaged. So he, I can 100% see him going to jail for mismanaging. And he cheated and screwed people. I'm not saying he's not a dork. But he didn't need to say, well, we better keep 50% of their money in, the, in our, no, I get in our that. bank. But... Um, he just never thought there'd be a day where it would go down and people would want to get their money out because if it was still so going up. So it was up, arrogance. It was arrogance. If okay. it was still going up, we would never know because more people would be putting in than taking out. True. So he would have never had to come up with those cash calls. Okay. Uh, it's, it's so frustrating and it's deplorable, but that what it makes me feel like is you have to run back to cryptocurrency, right? Or, or to Bitcoin because Bitcoin seems like the big one, but those are two different things. Bitcoin's a coin, and he was an exchange. So, what exchange do you use? Okay. You know, like you you trade stocks on Schwab, or you trade stocks with Morgan Stanley. Well, you were trading crypto with FTX, right? With mm -hmm. his company. Mm -hmm. Well, I have a Coinbase. Um, it's a company called Coinbase. And Coinbase, are they holding all my money? I don't know. I'm not checking their books. <laughs> okay. Am I auditing to see if they have my three hundred eighty-four dollars worth of cryptocurrencies? All right. So that, Sometimes I get so wound up. I know. So that kind of goes into an email from Greg. Uh, hey, Reeves. Hey, Mike. I remember a fact-based mantra that GL used to have. Seems Joe isn't interested in that it relates to a cryptocurrency. I wasn't surprised at his view of crypto from the November 15th show when you guys touched on the FTX bankruptcy. What you guys talked about was the front page easy-to-read stuff. Where was Joe's journalistic curiosity on a story of this magnitude? Billions of dollars were lost. There are politicians and others in the highest seats of power that have very close ties to FTX, and the CEO isn't being held accountable other than by some of the crypto sleuths uh, that know something stinks here reporting it what it used to be. Most people in America and the world, like Joe, still view crypto as imaginary, made-up internet money. There have been and will continue to be scams in crypto that real people fall for as long as the education is lacking regarding uh, blockchain, digital wallets, centralized versus decentralized finance, etc. Thank you for bringing this up on the weekly scramble. I loved yours and Mike's discussion about FTX. So, well, that's go. cool. There you go. Yeah, I mean, it is a very, very complicated story, right? Oh yeah, it's very complicated, and just the the nature of what cryptocurrency is is incredibly complicated. Right, people mm -hmm. just don't get. Oh, oh, it's oh, it has blockchain technology. You you say that to somebody. Oh, it's got blockchain technology. And, and they for say, me, it's just yeah, like whoa, well, great. It could have. Uh, you know what I do think? Automatic Windows too. I don't know. I think that the uh, and I'm not I'm not mm -hmm. being facetious yes. when I say this. I mean this. We talk about Tom Brady. Yeah. On this show once yeah. in a while. Yeah. I think this is part of why he's playing so bad. I, if you lose your entire fortune, get divorced from one of the most beautiful women in the world, you're on a. Oh, you don't. We don't have him on a watch, do we? Like a no, like but, a suicide. But did watch? you watch? Did you watch any of their game on Sunday? I didn't. I missed it all. It was as if they said, "Hey, Reeves, um, we're down a couple guys. Can you go play quarterback?" 
The, so he didn't look like forty-five-year-old Tom Brady. He looked like forty-five-year-old Chris Reeves. Really? That's how bad he was. Is it people not catching his passes? Or no, 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 no. He he was terrible. Okay. I mean, to the point where I thought, oh, Tom. So and I bet nobody's a bigger Tom guy than me. You would trade places with him in a heartbeat. Well, I'm just saying. I yeah. I like rooting for guys that are still playing professionally yeah. that are older than me. I get it. So <laughs> next year we won't have Tom. I don't see, and I don't. I think he's going to come back. Because he lost so much of his money. Now, granted, he's got a three hundred million dollar television contract whenever his playing sure. career ends. So I, I get that, okay. and he's still not hurting for money. He's going to be just fine. So if he comes back and has another crap year, his telephone or television contract might be. Uh, no, I think that that's an ironclad. Deal. Yeah, yeah, but you think of that. Like, do you want to see a multiple season year end of the? Okay, so no. Brady will be gone. Rodgers will most likely be gone, right? Sure. Who else will be gone? Who else just got hurt with the ACL? Yeah, those guys are young, though. You're but talking about Kyler Murray. Yeah, t- Kyler will be back, we'd hope, next year. Yeah, right? Lamar Jackson will be back. They'll, they'll be fine. But, I, but yeah. I'm serious. I think that what happened here, because he and his wife had invested a ton into this company. $600 million bucks. Six hundred. Their total, from the stories that I've read, they that's had about six hundred. And I don't know money. if it's six hundred million dollars. I doubt of their money, oh. but that's what their their uh, ambassadorship was worth. But no one was going to pay them six hundred million bucks to be ambassadors. Even Bankman Fried wasn't that weird. So uh, I'm going to be a little bit all over the place okay. on today's I, I episode. Like, see, I love that. I love where okay. we're feel a stream of consciousness. People. What happens too oftentimes is Joe will say something, and I will make a note of it. And oftentimes, sometimes it's on GL, and sometimes it's when he's when we're not recording the show. Mm-hmm. But he'll say, "Hey, ask Mike such and such." Got it. And so that's when I'll make a note. Oh, I'll remember to ask Mike because then sometimes it can be used as commentary on our show, and that's the case here. So today we got an email on this also. So today's on today's show, Joe had mentioned that the closer you get to the country's tallest buildings, he's convinced that I mean, outside of Rice Park, mm-hmm. that cities are not. Uh, putting up Christmas lights anymore. Hmm. And I said, well, that's something I should ask Mike because you guys sell a ton of Christmas stuff. Yeah, you know, that's Or not really as much funny. as you used to, but... Well, yeah, I mean, we still sell, we sell, sell a ton of trees, a, tel- a ton of Christmas lights, but that's funny that you mentioned that. I hadn't noticed that, but I do remember years past when you do- drive down Grand Avenue. Oh, yeah. And they would have the candy canes all lit up, and it was really, really pretty. Well, right now... On spots of Grand Avenue, they don't even have trees anymore. The trees are ripped out. They're gone. Like oh, on Victoria and so Grand, they ripped out all the trees. Everything just looks slightly blighted. I'm like, what is going on? Get the trees back. I keep going back to that tree controversy we have, like where is there equity in trees, right? right. And it's like, well, Grand Avenue is missing a bunch of trees now. That seems odd that they would allow the premier road in St. Paul to look treeless. Mm-hmm. Like, what are we waiting for? You know, and I don't know what they're, they take out a tree. I don't know this, but I assume when you remove a tree and clean up the dirt, you could plant a tree right back there, sure. but they don't do that. They remove a tree and then wait three years. It's like, what are you waiting for? Because what, what do they say? What's the best day to plant a tree? It's 20 years ago or today, right? Sure. You do it right now. You don't wait. Oh, let's plant it in three years because then you miss three years of growth. Right. It's just so weird. And and uh, yeah, I have, now that you mentioned that through Joe, it does seem like there is less of that all around. It just, it seems like even even people at their homes are doing less and of it. Here's, and you're going to have to help me here because you obviously drive this stretch far more frequently than I do. But one of my favorite drives, and I only do this when the freeways are a gong. Like I mm. most likely will do it today because I know the freeways are going to be a disaster because yeah. of the impending weather um, when I when I when I leave here today. But one of the one of my favorite drives leaving here is 
going down the river road. Yeah, beautiful. Okay. I, I yeah, absolutely beautiful. love that, especially this time of the year. Mm-hmm. And obviously, it's gorgeous in the in in the, in the summer and yeah, because of the views yeah. and everything else. But but they do light up stretches of the river road. Do they not, or is that mostly just residential that's just people? Resident. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. Because they kind of, yeah. I mean, that's beautiful too. That is one of the most underrated roads in all. Oh, of it's Paul. fantastic. Just the best. Yeah. Absolutely the best. I did have so tonight. You were talking about roads and and my daughters have volleyball right, and they go to this place down in Burnsville. I live mm-hmm. not in Burnsville, so it's like a thirty minute drive for me, and it goes from. Hear me out. Here's here's what I have to do tonight, from four thirty. Till nine thirty p.m. Is That's, that a game? No, it's two different kids have two different times of practice. Oh, so I have to go down there, and I'm like, I'm begging the snow gods to create enough snow <laughs> so someone will cancel volleyball because four thirty to nine thirty. And so I'm telling the story to this guy. We had this. They had this all club meeting, right? And one of my daughters. Uh, kids on her team. There's a guy next to me, and a really nice guy. His name is Al, and I'm talking to Al, and he says, "Hey." I have another house down in uh, down in Burnsville. If you just like just go over there and hang out, it's got a full bar, everything you need. I said, "Wait. Are you are you offering me a place to like I can just get a key to this house and go sit there and watch TV and have a drink and then at 9:30 go pick up my kids." And he's like he bought it for his family who comes into town like his parents come into town a couple months a year, right? And he goes, "All winter they're on vacation. They're they're in the south." So all winter it sits empty. And I thought, I might just have to take you up on this. Wait, so... Wouldn't that be cool? This is just such a separate reality from anything that I'm remotely used to. So Al... Al... Just has a house. Has another house that says, hey, mom and dad, when you come back into town in the summer, we want you to be by us, right? And you're older, so we want a safe place for you. Okay. Stay in this house. But I can't... He can't go rent it. Because his parents need to come back in the summer. And he might need it for volleyball. That's And he says when buddies come in from out of town, they use it. And some ah. work people, and they use it. Might need it for volleyball. And I said, do you allow cigar smoking in there? Because if it could be a cigar smoking lounge, I might have like some people over tonight. I, I might be so just tonight, hanging out. Shoot me a direct message on Facebook. <laughs> I'm going to be at Al's house smoking <laughs> cigars and drinking till my girls are done at 930. Wow. Yeah. It was a... What a neat setup. We had a... This, this club had a... All Sunday meeting from started at 11 o'clock and parents had to show up at one and the meeting ended at like 5 p.m. So we sat there and listened to volleyball stories and what we have to do and how we make our payments and super nice guys, professionally run club. But I'm like, you can send us this. Here's the book with the 50 pages of stuff. I can read through this stuff. Do I need this? And it's mandatory and you got to come every year. So this is our third year doing this thing. And I thought, huh? That's a lot. That's a lot of meetings. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I don't even want to talk badly about the club because it's fantastic. But, boy, it's a lot of work. Volleyball is a lot of work. You remind me of something. Um, we travel, not often, but, you know, once or twice a year, we we, we, we go somewhere, right, yeah. as a family. And for the last handful of years, she has been dead set on not doing hotel stays. She's wanted to do whether it's VRBO or Airbnb or whatever because, in her words, I want to feel like uh, I'm home. You know what I'm saying? It's, sure. it's 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 easier for us as a family, which I I don't care. Yeah, so and then you just, have a kitchen in there too. Correct. And, yep. So last summer, and I don't know if I shared this with you. Last summer, uh, we did the trip to Seattle mm-hmm. and, and the and the greater Washington area, right? Yep. And it was beautiful. Every every minute that we weren't in the city of Seattle was was spectacular. 
because we did go to one baseball game, and that was the only time we actually went into the city. And what a bleep hole that yeah, place is. Yeah, what a shame. Um, exactly, what mm-hmm. a shame. And so the the gal that we rented the house from actually lived next door to the place we were staying, which was totally fine. Yeah. And she was unbelievably cool. Mm-hmm. And she and her husband, basically, that's what they do for a living. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm thinking of Al and th- and he this should, gal that I met. Be this thing. Well, no, what I'm saying is that's basically, she said, well, we started out, I, I forget, her husband worked in finance and she worked in healthcare, something like that. But they just basically started buying houses and that's what they do. Yeah. All over the country is they just rent out vacation spots. That's, and I I'm can thinking, see the gears in your head thinking, why am I not Airbnb in my houses? Well, and I just thought, mm-hmm. okay, so... You basically work for yourself. Mm-hmm. It, and I can't, I mean, granted, it's not all sunshine and roses. You've got to deal with a lot of crap, I'm guessing, from time to time, because not every person that rents your house is going to be, you know, us. Where sure. I'm going to, the, the house is going to be cleaner when I leave yeah. than it was when I got here, yep. because that's how good I'm going to mm-hmm. take care of it. So I get that it's not, not, not all rosy all the time. So I get that. But I just thought, huh. So you essentially get paid to travel. All over a, the place. That's not a bad deal. And they just go check their houses. And, yeah. So she's, yeah. she was basically saying, well, this is one of the rare weeks that we're actually, because they are from that area. Okay. But she said, because it was during the 4th of July. And she said, that's the only reason why we happen to be here is because it, uh, wanted it, to celebrate. It's, and... it, we had, fa- they had family visiting in town for that stretch of time or whatever. And I thought, huh. So next, she goes, yeah, next week we're heading to Colorado. And then the week after that, we're heading to Arizona. I thought, wow, that's, that's. Are you asking me to buy an Airbnb with you? Because no. I will do it. <laughs> no, you and not. I can run an Airbnb. I actually have an Airbnb. I don't know if you know this. I did know that. Yeah, and, and it is weirdly successful, like really weirdly successful. And it's a unique property. And, and, and in fact, I want to buy one with my kids now and kind of teach them how to do That's it. Right. Cool, yeah. I think it would be really cool. But it is one nice thing about it is this building that we used to have is kind of in a university area. I'm not going to say where it is, but it's in a kind of around a campus. Yep. And so we would always get campus kids in there. And then the end of the year would come and we'd say, oh, we need to put in a new kitchen because they destroyed the kitchen. Right. It was always just from looking OK to being destroyed every new tenant. So I was like, well, I'm done doing this. So what we did is we just pimped the thing out. I mean, it's beautiful. We really made it beautiful. And we get the top-notch Airbnb people. They're only in there for three days. So even if they're monsters, they can't do total damage, right? You know, I mean, it's very hard to destroy a kitchen in three days, Right. right? And we've never had, oh, it was very funny, our very first group. It's like they were, it was, it was set for eight people and they said, oh, we have 12. Can we sneak people in here or like get more? And we're like, no, like I'm super confused. And it was a guy's 21st birthday. And I'm like, oh, oh. no. And I'm like, right off the bat, this is going to be horrible. They wrote us, this 21 year old kid wrote the most beautiful, beautiful, do a review of it. Right. Yeah, yeah. He wrote the most beautiful review, said it was such a pleasure. It was like, we've never been in a home like this. It's, I mean, it was so cool. Oh, and they cool. went for his birthday. They were up from Chicago and they went to the mall of America for, for his birthday and stayed at our house. And I was like, huh, did I misread that? Like, cause I thought for sure they were going to oh, sneak in an extra 20 people sa- laying on the ground. I would have had the same reaction right? as and you And we've did. had nothing but, I should knock on this, nothing but really great tenants. See, I've been in property management before. Mm. Yeah, and I, well, but mine were obviously long term. Yeah, yep. and and I didn't mind it. I really didn't. But I, mm-hmm. I would think that route would be so much more work. Well, you know, you do have someone new coming in all the time, so it's a ton of communications, right? And that's what I'm getting. Yeah, at. but 
you're, you're, it's much more profitable, right? So True. we were renting this place, let's say, for two thousand bucks a month to these college kids, and we're getting eight grand a month from Airbnb or whatever, because you know it's yeah. it's renting out for three hundred bucks a night instead of whatever. And it's just we we're very lucky to have such a great place. It is really cool. I look at all the people that are going to go someplace else or have a cabin up north that the cabin gets used for three weeks. It's like. Airbnb that cabin. You might oh, get God, 7000 yes. bucks a week up yes, north. You God, know? Yes. It would be pretty, pretty cool. So, yes, Reavers, <laughs> I will commit to buying Airbnbs with you. Okay. I don't know where, but I'll absolutely commit well, to buying to the with point you. where, and I don't know why she received it and I didn't, but, you know, because, and I, I guess I do know why she sent it to me, because the second it gets below 50 degrees here, mm-hmm. it doesn't even have to be snowing. She's already looking forward to spring because she hates winter that much. Your wife. My wife. Okay. Yeah. So my wife was born in Iowa, grew up in western South Dakota, came here for college, and absolutely des- she loves it here, but absolutely mm. despises the winter like yeah, a lot okay. of us do. Yeah. And so she's always looking for signs. And so the twins released their spring training schedule. Oh. And she goes, we need to I go, holy F, yeah, calm down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's yeah. okay. I'm I'm fine if that you know that that that's fine. It's gonna be a little harder down there. This well, year, she though. had asked if if Royce still has his place at Fort Myers. <laughs> I said, well, honey, he he sold it three years ago, oh. you know, or whatever. Are you asking me to use one of our places at Fort no, Myers? Because no, no, the answer no, no, is yes. No, yeah. no, no. <laughs> well, you know, it's really hard down there because everybody who has a house down there is renting because you know half the houses in Bonita Springs and we, Naples are. Mike, you know. I told you I, I was just down there a couple of weeks ago. I could not believe, and I know we talked about. Mm. I I was blown away at the 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 development the of growth, housing. Yeah, it's, and you were in Orlando, right? And it's That's unreal. Yeah. I can't even um, imagine what it must be like. In some of the other, you know, in in uh, Naples and all these mm. other, I can well, I mean, I know that they also have uh, damage from the hurricane. Yeah, but I mean, just think of every house on Fort Myers Beach that's gone, right? Let's true, say it's yeah. three thousand houses. Those people need to live somewhere. Well, there wasn't three thousand things for rent in that area, yeah, so you're you're going point. all the way up to Orlando or going back to Michigan. You know, you're you're missing a whole season down there, right. and I think a lot of people are missing. Though some of those condo buildings that are on the beach, they didn't sustain much damage, but. They got wet, and their elevators got wet, and you can't just turn that stuff back on, so, so it's going to take a while. I'm glad you mentioned that. So yeah. when things like that happen, obviously it takes a long time to, to recover, but mm-hmm. you know some of these places that got hit so hard, I mean, some you know whether it's uh, your favorite restaurant or, or yeah. grocery store or whatever, some, the, some of these places aren't coming back, They're never going to come back, yeah. So what yeah. do you do as a city? I mean, you've got yeah. to function somehow. Yeah, but you got to remember, if... A storm ruins something in Faribault. They have land in Faribault, right? We yeah. can we can build. No one needs to put something back there. But when someone something gets destroyed on Fort Myers Beach, someone's going to say, "That's my new home," and they're going to buy that land instantly and build a new house. I mean, okay, that's a totally different thing. Every piece of it, inch down there is wanted so greatly, they'll rebuild in minutes. It's just that the person that bought it as a retired uh, school teacher um, in 1970 isn't going to be able to afford to rebuild it in 2022. They were talking about these like $300,000 bungalows that were probably $60,000 bungalows 20 years ago. Now they're $300,000 oh. that are in road, right, from yep. the beach. And they, those all got knocked down. Now people are buying two lots together, building a $6 million house on one of those roads. It's like, oh, there you go. It's gone. So right. I was going to – I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, th- th- I'm going to play the part of the mayor now today. Mm, okay, let's do Did it. you read the piece in the Star Tribune today – about the everyone patting themselves on the back for this beautiful, uh, affordable housing uh, condominium that they're going to build in Northeast. No, I have not heard about that. I I started to read it because it's it's interesting, mm-hmm. and then I looked into what the units were going to go for, and I thought, well, wait a minute here. 
So I don't remember the name of the developer, but um, the housing crisis was was mm-hmm. mentioned a bunch of times, and there's no doubt that the people are living on the streets, and mm-hmm. it has nothing to do with drug addiction, um, I'm sure. Or mental illness. Or mental yeah, illness. Just, yeah, um, just, so anyway, but we're going to cure that. But you, you keep reading into the story, and it said these uh, up to three-bedroom units um, are going to go for $400,000. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking- Low income, of course. That's- Low-income housing in yeah. Minneapolis? Yeah. Uh, I got news for these people. Can you imagine that? What, Can you what, imagine that? What the hell? Well, I think many of those developers have to have a percentage of their building be true low-income. Oh. Right? So they have is, to that put a, a, is that for tax purposes? No, or what it's is that for, for building permit purposes, right? Oh, okay. They have to have like, hey, eight of the 100 units have to be low-income units. right? So, so they wait put, a minute. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I interrupted So I, I think that you know, for a lot of uh, apartment people and condo developments, they need to have some low-income housing in there. The rest of it can be whatever they want it to be. Okay, right? but- let me ask you this then. Not that I would ever be in the market for one of these units, so I, I, I mm-hmm. guess I don't care personally, but you're a guy that says, you know what, I, uh, whether you're an empty nester mm-hmm. or maybe you're a guy that's finally out of college debt and you want to buy your own place, mm-hmm. so you're going to spend five hundred grand on a on a nice condo that's also going to have low-income housing in yeah, it? Yeah, but that doesn't matter. It's just a small percentage. It doesn't, doesn't mean people are bad. It's just it's they're lower-income people. Right, it's not like because you have to qualify for the program. Is that the is that the no? Bit? Yeah, I mean, you could, or you just have, you know, it's just a cheaper unit, right? It's just going to be a cheaper unit. Okay, gotcha. And so, I mean, it, it you you wouldn't even notice that those units were the cheaper units potentially. Okay, but it would be kind of weird if you lived in a building where, like, the eleven building that's on the river, you know, that oh, beautiful yeah. new you know, that has like a thirty million dollar condo in it. I doubt they have any two hundred forty thousand dollar condos <laughs> down on level one <laughs> facing not. the alleyway, right? Probably. Not. I doubt they'll do that, but. But it, it does make a lot of sense that they kind of have to do that. It's it's really difficult with some of these big buildings that get planned because you might be working on that for five years and then all of a sudden COVID comes in oh. and then George Floyd and then you're like, wow, Minneapolis. And you, you can't but build it, right? You can't stop. You have your financing. You have all your money into it. You have the drawings. You own the property. You have to keep going. And I just think right now, like, who's moving to Northeast? Who wants to move to Northeast? No, I, I I can't imagine anybody does. Right? I don't. I mean, and Northeast is still the good part of let's call that Northeast downtown still, right? Mm-hmm. And but if these new buildings that are going up in Minneapolis downtown, you're like, huh? Who's going down there? Right? Who's going to say I want to live in a condo where 600 people are fighting out in front of me tomorrow? So I can tell you who's going to the University of St. Thomas hockey game. Oh, that would be awesome. The Tommy's Men's Hockey Holiday Flash Sale, Mike, is live. You can get a $5 ticket to see a great Division I battle up close and personal. St. Thomas battles Ferris State University this Friday and Saturday night. Go to tommysports.com to buy your $5 tickets or just come to the ticket office on game day. I will say this about your University of St. Thomas hockey team. You yeah. know what they're becoming? A pain in my Mankato Maverick oh, side. Oh, are they? Why? Well, it, it used to be when they would go play the Mavs, that was the game to go because, you know, they knew that they were going to get their butts kicked, so tickets were usually pretty easy to get. Okay. Well, they played the Mavs tough. Man, Man, Mankato won both games, but all the Tommy fans came down and took up all the tickets. Nice. I mean, no. So we travel well? Is no, that I, that's not nice. I want them to stop coming to games. I'm supp- surprised there's any tickets available for this. First of all, they're five bucks, which is right. 
too good a deal, right? Mm-hmm. And then Ferris State, I assume they travel well from a big Ferris Rapids. State swept uh, swept my Mavericks two weekends. Really, ago. I was totally kidding. Do, is that a school that we know of? I've never even heard of Ferris they, State. They, I, I can't remember where they're located, but yeah, they have a decent hockey club. Remind me what? So the Mavericks are in their Division One, obviously, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they are in the the WEAC or something. What are they in? Uh, what no, conference? They are in the they they were in the WCHA. Okay. No, I gotta look this up because I sh- I should know this. Oh, Racy's gonna be screaming at me, man. So so what? Kato what is the University hockey. of St. Thomason? Because they recently became they're in the Division same one. conference with Mankato. Okay, they are. Uh, the Central Collegiate Hockey Association. Okay, so they can were they in the WCHA. Now it's the CCHA. The CCHA. Yep. So what are they? What's St. Thomas in for football? They are in the. Is it the the NSIC? Hang on, I didn't know all this. All well, this. I didn't. I didn't know how that worked. Yeah, right? it, I mean, it's I just, different. So you know, obviously, University of Minnesota is in the Big Ten network, and they're they're all of their sports are in the Big Ten. Or no, hockey, they're in the the they're, Pioneer Football League. Is Pioneer what Football Saint, League. St. Thomas. And who is else in? is in the Pioneer Football League? <laughs> you <laughs> don't you have it there? Because uh, I I think it's some pretty good name school, big name schools, right? Uh, let's see. I here. think there is Pioneer. We uh, got uh, Dayton Butler. Okay, uh, well known school. St. Thomas. Uh, I'm I'm looking at I think South Dakota. Which 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 one is that? I think that I think they're bigger than that. Okay, so San Diego. Sorry, which one is this? UC San Diego. Sorry, UC okay. San Diego is in that. Is that so. the um the is that the uh, what's what's their <laughs> so team many, name? Is so that the Toronto's questions. or whatever? I think so. Isn't that the Bulls? Isn't that what they call that? I think so. Butler, Davidson, Dayton, Drake. Marist, Moorhead State, Presbyterian, San Diego, Stetson, St. Thomas, and Valparaiso makes up your Pioneer Football League. That is a lot of distance to travel. Yeah. East Coast, West Coast, Central United States. That's probably why they need to buy that damn golf course so they can build some facilities over there. Yeah, do you think they have, like, what, who's flying them? Do you think St. Thomas, who has a great endowment, right? They do a great job I would with former St. Thomas, like, collecting money. I would think they've got to have some type of an agreement with. Some airline, Some right? Some country. I don't know. I have no Spirit. idea. Spirit. I have no idea. <laughs> I, don't know. I mean, does University Take of Minnesota... Take a bus, gentlemen, for all I care. I don't University give a damn. Does University of Minnesota have their own jet that they fly their football players on? I think that they fly commercial, commercial don't they? That would be really interesting because, I mean, if you are, let's say you're um, Alabama. Right. Right? You have 100 people on your team, mm-hmm. right? You have the 50-some players plus 50 coaches and staff how are they getting there? I They're not no all idea. jumping on Delta Flight 3401. Oh, they might as well have their own 777. I'm so glad you a Dreamliner. That. So uh, sadly, we learned of the news of the passing of Mike Leach, and I, you probably don't know who Mike Leach is. He's, yeah, he's a he's a coach. He was yep for Mississippi yeah. State. Previously, he was at Washington State, and then before that at Texas Tech. And one of the reasons there's been a number of people with outpouring support is he was a character man. Okay. I mean, he was a, he was truly a character. Yesterday on Monday Night Sports Talk. We played the clip of him in the post game, you know, scrum. You know, he was being interviewed by, say, hey, coach. And then uh, one of the sideline reporters asked him for marriage advice. Oh, no. And it was great because okay. for two minutes, he just went, on, okay, you're going to be accused of doing that wrong. And when she asked you about the invitations, you just say, I don't care. Oh, it, no. it, was, it was great. And that's oh, just who no. Mike Leach was. Okay. And so then a lot of people that coached either with him or against him started to share some of their great memories of him because he passed mm-hmm. away at 61. I mean, he was yeah, a young guy. Yeah, young. And so there was a great story from one of his former assistants 
who now is the head coach at USC. His name is Lincoln Riley. Mm-hmm. And he's talked about the time that they were on a recruiting trip and Lincoln Riley was sitting in the front seat of the car with Mike Leach. And he was on the phone and he was one of those guys where if you were on the phone with him, an hour conversation was considered short with okay. him. He just loved to talk, right? Mm-hmm. And so they, he was on the phone for about 40 minutes and then wherever he, the, the, the call dropped. So bad signal, whatever. Guy called back. They picked up right where they left off for another 20 minutes or so. And he was, all right, oh, good good talking with you. Hung up the phone, and and Lincoln Riley says to him, oh, were you on the phone with somebody from your family? He goes, no, it was a guy with the wrong number. Why? And he, he was dead serious. For 40 minutes. For about, 45 minutes, he was on me. the phone with some complete stranger and then talking back. about God, God knows what. Isn't that funny? I thought that was a pretty good yeah. story. So, people anyway. people can do that, right? I don't know. That's that's really impressive. I never answer a, a call from any number I don't recognize. No, I have that block on my thing where it makes you say, like uh, I'm calling for Mike because I get so many weird calls, and oh, it's I not. Suppose, I don't yeah. get weird calls from work. I get none from work, like from customers or anything. I get yeah. nothing like that. But I get just robocalls all day, every day. So yeah. I have to, and I have a block, but it doesn't block them, right? So it it self edits everybody out. But it's frustrating because people I know forever. I did just update my phone. I told you this, and I lost every single contact <gasps> in my phone. No, Reavers, I I, I want to read you this email that I or text message that I had. And it, and I'm gonna paraphrase it so I don't throw anybody's name. It said, um, "I'm gonna think of a name that doesn't sound like the name that it said." <laughs> Mike Sarah Wilson died. Oh right? no, I'm so sorry. And I, I said, about Sarah? Huh, I don't know who Sarah Wilson is." And it wasn't Sarah Wilson's name; it was this other name, right? Mm-hmm. I said, "I don't know who that is. I don't know who texted me this either." Right. So what's etiquette there? Should I? Just write back, who dis? Or, <laughs> I'm sorry, who is Sarah Wilson? Um, and who are you? I think the correct way to do it is you, you want to remain inquisitive. Okay. But you also, in the, in this specific case, you also want to seem somewhat endearing to the situation. Okay. So I believe the correct response would have been, oh my goodness, I am so sorry to hear that. How did I, how do I know Sarah? Question mark. You'll get a response, okay? Or, or I, you know, remind me how I know Sarah, mm-hmm. and then because it might be somebody that you do know, and you're I'm just sure forgetting. It is. I just have a horrible memory. That's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. So that that would have been a good way to say, "Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. How how remind me? How do I know Sarah?" And then you'll get maybe a story which will then remind you who the person that's texting you is. And as then well. what if they say, "Hey, remember she was your sixth grade teacher? I'll see you at the funeral. I'll be wearing red." And I'll be like, wait, who are you? Right? I mean, it's I just I I um it's I did a, it's a complex the manly life way. That you live. I found the manly way out of that. You know what the manly way was? What's that? To just disregard it. Just think it's spam. I'm just gonna go ahead. And I would have 100 percent thought it was spam, but it had the word Mike ah. on it. So I, I I there are a lot of mics though, so that could have been for anybody. I any know. Mic. I know what you should have done. Hmm. You know what you should have done? Hmm. You should have said. You know, I'm so sorry to hear that. Uh oh. No, no, I'm not gonna. I'm not, <laughs> okay. I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not gonna do that. Uh, yeah. um, Does she? Did she have daughters? <laughs> Is that what you're no, no, no. I, I, I was gonna. I, no, I'm not. I'm not even gonna tell you. Well, what I, was I felt do. very bad that I didn't know who it was or who died. But God rest their soul, because I'm sure they were friends. So, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not. No. I'm not going there. Yeah. So, I don't want. Now I'm in a kind of a situation like that. Hmm. Because I heard directly from someone who I know that said, hey, I went to Fratelloni's t- 
to try to get a slush buster and they were out. Yeah. And I, I said, well, I'm not going to tell Mike that because I don't want that store to get in trouble. Well, they, if if he's out, he's out. It is Dave. Dave created something that everybody wants yeah. in a big way, and he's just running out of them. So his, his production for this time period is over, but still on Amazon, still have plenty of Fratelloni's, just specific stores. Just call ahead first because they, Reavers, hotcakes. I know. Selling like hotcakes. Well, it, it, it's the it's the perfect time of the year for this product. A, it's needed, mm-hmm. but B, people are buying odd gifts for family members, father in laws. Can I tell you whatever? A story? Yes, I'm at at the store at Arden Hill store. This seventy year old guy rolls in. Says, mm-hmm. Do you have the slush busters? Hey, let me show you. So I take him over, pull it out of the box because he still had it in the box. Pull it out of the box, yep. showed it all to him. He goes, "I put this on my Christmas list for my wife." And I turned to him and I said, hey, perfect Christmas gift. I only have those four left at the store. I only have four Ah. left. I said, buy it now. Or it's going to be gone. Or it's going to be gone. Wrap it up for yourself. Tell your wife, hey, I I bought myself a gift. And guess what he did? (laughs) He goes, I'll take one in the box. And that's exactly what he's going to do. So we also have added uh, advice. Mm -hmm. Well, it does make the uh, Christmas gift for the car lover in your life, the Slush Buster, invented right here in Burnsville, Minnesota, from Dave Pounds. When you're done using the slush buster, it's going to be dirty. Mm-hmm. Simply push it into the snowbank or drag it across the snow to clean it off. That's that a way, good idea. All that stuff doesn't yeah. fall onto the floor yeah. in your garage. Yeah. Uh, you also don't always have to use it outside if it's too cold. Uh, Chris has used his in his garage and pushed the slush out of the garage with a floor squeegee before it melts. Yeah. See? Yeah. You can treat it like a hockey puck, too. The snow. Just shoot it right out. Yeah. So anyway, uh, it's a great gift available at almost all of the Fratellonis. I, I think we're in stock at every store right this second. This second we are. I, but this second is literally we're going to have snow. Hey, you got 12 days till Christmas. Now's yeah, the time to get now's your the time. If you want to get a slush buster, do it now. And uh, Robbinsdale, Robbinsdale Hardware. That's right. right. That, that is Wellness, by the way. It's Wellness Robbinsdale. Ace. Or slushbuster.us is their website. Yes, exactly. Or Amazon. So anyway. But buy it at a hardware store locally. Yes. It's the same price. Support local And just business. come in and get it. And then when we're out of it, and we totally wasted your time for driving all the way over, <laughs> sort of one on Amazon. <laughs> and also, don't forget, Fratelloni's and other companies are involved in the Garage Logic 1000th podcast auction that goes on up until the 15th. So you still have a couple of days left. And there's some really great deals to be had at I that, think we should at cut that this auction. Out. Cut this portion out of this. Why? Because I don't want anybody to go to it because I'm bidding on something. Are you really? And I don't want any competition. I may thing. have outed you on that because you did tell me that in confidence. Uh, last there's actually week. two that I kind of want. Okay, then I won't mention the okay, Garage so Logic 1000 podcast auction. You know, don't mention it, but we do have $5,000 worth of gift cards. So yes. Fratelloni's, there's like a $500 or like a handful of $500, a bunch yep. of 250s, and a bunch of 100s. They're selling for like half price mm-hmm. right now, which is crazy to think because people are going to, I mean, our customers are our customers. They're going to spend it. And when the saleswoman, uh, um, Kendra, yes, Drew, Kendra yep. Ke- Ke- super nice. She's new here. So I didn't really know her name, but she said, well, Mike, what are the restrictions? And I said, it's a gift card. There right. are no restrictions. There's none. You buy it. You come in and buy stuff. It, it will, can they buy works. stuff that's on sale? Yep. yep. It's a gift card. They can buy whatever they want. <laughs> so they were really unsure about my restrictions. I love how difficult of a client you yeah, can be Yeah, I was times. like, there are no restrictions. <laughs> if they want to buy something for 500 bucks and they have a $500 gift card, they get it. Find out more. Yeah. Go to garagelogic.com and enter the keyword auction. Michael, you are the best. Reavers, you're the best. Please do us a favor. Rate and review the show wherever you happen to be listening to the Weekly Scramble. We would appreciate that. His name is Mike Fratelloni. My name is Chris Reavers. We'll talk to you again next week. Until then, cheers.